I'm Sonia Rita, and this is Running on Optimism, the show for runners drawing inspiration from something or someone in their lives, or honestly anyone seeking a dose of optimism. Today, I have the absolute pleasure and honor to share my conversation with Holly Hughes, runner, Etsy shop partner, mother of four, including her 10-year-old running partner, Jonah, and all-around inspiration. Holly has been a runner since she was 12, and though there's been plenty of times she's wanted to hang up her shoes, Jonah has kept her going. Jonah, who is diagnosed with cerebral palsy and epilepsy, absolutely loves riding in his Hoyt chair while out on runs with his mom. I have to say, Holly and I became instant friends through this conversation, and I feel truly blessed to have stumbled upon her Instagram so I could invite her to chat. So welcome, Holly. I'm super excited to talk with you. Um, Holly and I actually don't know each other in person. I found you over Instagram and kind of connected um, through your story. I feel like we, like I said, we understand each other on on another level, even though we're perfect strangers. So I'm (laughs) excited to kind of start talking. So let us know um, where you're from and when you started running. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm still looking forward to our conversation. So, um, so I live in uh, upstate New York in a tiny town called Pine City. Um, it's right next to Elmira, New York. And I started running when I was 12. So long, long time ago. Um, I've always been a runner. So uh, I actually started running because one of my friends wanted to go up for the cross country team and wanted somebody to do it with her. So I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. Yeah. And um, here I still am. She she stopped after a couple of years, but I've had some ups and downs with it. Um, and now, you know, for the last couple of years, it's really just been um, something that I look forward to doing with Jonah. So really, he's he's been my main motivation and my main focus for getting out the door recently. So over the last few, year, few years in particularly. So. so tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about Jonah. Yep. So Jonah is my third child. I have four and um, he's, he's the third and he's 10. So um, out of all of my kids, he's the one that absolutely loves running. And Jonah has um, spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy. So he is non-ambulatory. So um, non-ambulatory means, you know, that he's not able to walk. So he's not able to walk um, independently. He's not able to run independently. And, um, you know, I think, I think his love of running started because I would run with him and my oldest son, Noah, and um, in a double jogging stroller, right? And that was just something that we always did. And we loved that. And it was a way for me to get my miles in and not have to worry about childcare or, you know, things like that. So, um, and Jonah just eventually grew out of his double jogger and he couldn't fit in it anymore. And um, so we were fortunate to, we fundraised for a team weight running chair Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that's been growing with him. So we got that when he was five. So it's been five years of us running with him in the team point chair. So um, yeah, he's been able to to grow into that, and he'll continue to be able to use use that. Just I mean, right up until adulthood. So um, it's been fantastic, and really, he's just. He loves it so much. (laughs) Like he gets me out the door on the days that I don't want to run. It's like, oh, I have to run because, you know, I have this competition coming up with Jonah or I I have to get out there, you know, it's Sunday and that's our day to run. And, um, you know, there've, there've been some health issues that I've faced, uh, 
a couple years ago, I was diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency and my doctor, my endocrinologist said, you know, like your days of running marathons are just done. Like you're, you're done. And Jonah out of everyone was like, no, like, mom, you have to do this. It makes me emotional. Sorry. He was like, you have to, you like, you have to do this for, you know, like you have to do this. You have to get back into it. And, um, I knew I needed to, because he, I'm the one who pushes him, you know, like we are running partners and he'll tell you we are running partners for life. And, um, that's our special connection. It's a really special bond that we have. And so, um, I didn't give up and I didn't give up because he needed me to not give up. And, um, he was the person that, you know, those first couple months, struggling really hard every day. How was it, mom? You know, how today go? And, you know, because I wasn't able to push him, you know, until I really got back in, into shape because it's, it's challenging, right? It's challenging yeah. to push him in that chair. So, yeah. So, and I'm, I've seen some of your times pushing a chair and, and let alone, I, I had no idea about the adrenal insufficiency. So when were you diagnosed and what does that mean? So I was diagnosed, I think about four years now, um, and it was a long process. So adrenal insufficiency, basically my, my adrenal glands don't, um, they don't uh, make cortisol, right? So, um, and cortisol is your stress hormone. Mm -hmm. So in times of stress, like your, your cortisol level elevates to accommodate you know, times of stress and, um, your adrenals also, um, make other hormones like, um, DHEA and some other ones as well. So, um, I was just, I was not feeling well for, for a long time. And I had associated that with Jonah's, um, Jonah was spending a lot of time in the hospital and it was a really, um, it was a really rough, rough year that year in particular with him in and out of the hospital and, you know, in for a week here and for two weeks here and for three weeks here and um, status seizures and seizures where he was being placed on ventilators because his body would just stop breathing on its own because the seizure was unrelenting and um, it, it was just stress and repeated stress. And um, so I, I assumed that I was just, my body was crashing. Um, you know, it was just like, okay, your body's just saying, hey, I need a break. But mm -hmm. I wasn't rebounding and I was just getting sicker and sicker where um, I, there were days I couldn't get out of bed and um, like, I, I wouldn't be able to like hold a pen or, you know, a coffee cup or um, different things like that. And so it took a good chunk of time. I mean, it was like, um, all, a little over six months before they finally realized what was actually going on and um, diagnosed me with the adrenal insufficiency. So with that, um, you know, you just take a cortisol replacement. So because your adrenal glands don't make it and you need it, <laughs> obviously, to function. So you just take a cortisol replacement and um, it's hard because you have to figure out how to dose around running. So... Um, if, you know, like a longer run would require more cortisol, um, a, a, uh, you know, a harder effort requires more cortisol in times of stress or times of illness, you need to, um, updose your cortisol, that type of thing, just to make sure that you're accommodating those stressors. Okay. So, so let's say, um, so, I mean, I understand the stress of, of, um, having a child with special needs and it's constant. So yes. what does so what does that mean? How do you even determine what level or what your dose should be for certain situations? Yeah. So um, in the beginning, it was really really hard, but I think that you you kind of live with 
and you know, you kind of live with that set level of stress all the time, you know, and that's, in that's kind of where I can say, okay, this is my set level. This is how much I need. Um, and then you make, you make the call like, okay, you know, um, not things have to be pretty significant, um, stress wise for me to updose just because, um, you know, you, you can manage it in other ways as far as like making sure your nutrition is good and your sleep is good and, and reducing stressors in other areas. Um, so a lot of it is just hit or miss, honestly. It's just, you know, hoping, <laughs> hoping you like make <laughs> the best guess of <laughs> the best yeah. judgment. So there's really no set signs to it. And that does make it challenging because even for um, another person with adrenal in insufficiency, um, what works for them certainly may not work for me or what I do certainly may not work for them. So it's like constantly just, you know, just trying to figure things out and on warmer days being super cognizant that you're drinking a lot of water and taking in a lot of extra salt and um, things like that. So it, you just kind of wing it. Honestly, I wish there was more science involved, but it's really just going off of feel and saying, okay, and a lot of note taking. So, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of notes in my phone, like, "Hey, you felt like this. You did mm -hmm. this, and this worked." So, well, I guess that, yeah. I guess maybe uh, marathon training might have prepared you for that, because like you fit, try to figure out what works best for training, and yeah. so now you're kind of just figuring out what works best for like life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, for sure. Yes. So, how many marathons have you run? Oh, I don't know. A <laughs> I don't lot, know. that many. That's awesome. Uh, no, I think maybe nine. So not, not like a plethora, but yeah, maybe eight, nine, 10 within that range. So well, that's nine, eight, eight, nine, 10 more than I have. <laughs> well, that's you're, you're going to do one though, right? I'm working on it. You know, I'm yeah. working through, it's been like a lot, a lot of injuries. Injury, coming. right. Yeah. It's um been a little frustrating. Um, and by a little, I mean a lot frustrating <laughs> dealing with like, this weird knee thing, I don't even know, but just plugging away. And I think um, maybe, you know, we connected on another level. Um, the way Jonah pushed you through and granted adrenal insufficiency is, you know, so much more difficult to manage than, you know, a knee injury or whatever. But it's so amazing how our kids, Izzy pushes me and constantly tells me how proud she is of me. Yes. I mean, even starting this podcast, um, mm -hmm. she said she's so proud of me and constantly gives me hugs and is so excited oh. for me. And Jonah is, is such an amazing cheerleader mm -hmm. despite all the challenges that they're facing. Right. They're amazing, aren't they? They, they are, are just absolutely. incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can't help but feel like, well, you know, if, if Izzy can do this, if she can learn how to crawl, if she can dream to run a marathon someday, why can't I dream to run one marathon? Right. A mostly healthy person. Right. Exactly. Yep. They put everything into, into perspective, don't they? Yeah. You know, they really do. Yeah. Like we were saying before, with uh, even with COVID and quarantining, mm -hmm. I mean, when Izzy was 12 months old until she was almost two and a half, she was on chemo. So mm -hmm. we already like won, you know, the quarantine award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's all about. So this yeah. is just, you know, a little bit more of that. And yeah. um, so tell me a little bit more about Jonah, though. I, yes. you know, I'm 
had seen that he has epilepsy. Yes. Yeah. So Jonah, um, <clears throat> so at the, when he was five, right. When we were getting, um, the, well, we had, we had the team point chair, um, and it, they kind of, it kind of coincided. And I, I really think that, you know, that was fate and, um, totally intentional of the universe doing this. But, um, so Jonah was diagnosed with epilepsy when he was two, but, um, his, his seizures were, um, they, they weren't super consistent. It would be like once a month, um, you know, didn't really affect his life too much. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay it because it was still, it was still a very hard time for him. Mm -hmm. But when he was around four or five, that's when his seizures really, really took off. And, um, that's when we noticed like him starting to regress when he was during that, that time when he was having them and like he was regressing in his behaviors, he was regressing, um, you know, cognitively, um, emotionally, and, um, he was having multiple seizures a day when he would, you know, it was like this slow decline where it was like once a month. And then it was like once every two weeks. And then it was like once a week. And then it was once every day. And then it was multiple every day. And, um, you know, and we're just going, what's, what's going on, you know, like he, cause he was already being seen by a neurologist who specialized in epilepsy and on epilepsy medications. And, um, so when he was five, which is right when we just started, um, running together in the team point chair, mm -hmm. when, um, we, uh, had, uh, he um, ended up in the hospital. We ended up switching care providers because at that point things were really, um, he had been induced into a coma because the seizure was so bad. And um, he, you know, he was flown to children's hospital three hours away. And we just really felt like his neurologist wasn't providing the care that we needed for him or that he needed. And um, one of our friends, thankfully, he such a godsend um put us in contact with an amazing epileptologist out of new york city and um we traveled down there they got us in super quick because we we were leaving the hospital and um just disappointed because he had spent you know another week in the hospital there with unrelenting status seizures and um really felt like we didn't have a game plan and didn't know what to do next and so he put us in contact. They got us in super quick. Um, they hooked him up to VEG, so like video monitoring. Um, mm -hmm. for, and they did a long-term stay for him so they could catch as many seizures as possible. And, um, you know, they, they modified seizure medications and things like that. And so over the next course of the couple of, you know, the next few months, things still continued to decline. So they brought him back in again, and um, that was when his VEG indicated that he had a rare epilepsy syndrome called um, continuous spike and wave during slow sleep syndrome. <laughs> so, yeah, also known as elect electrical status epilepticus of sleep. So um, CSWS is, you know, how it's referred to. So basically, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what it meant is that when Joan was going to sleep, he was entering a state of a subclinical status seizure. So a subclinical status seizure means that he's having seizure activity, but we're not seeing any like outward manifestation. So he's not having like any um, like shaking or, um, you know, any, any of the other types of movements, like jerky movements that he has. So basically he'd go to sleep and enter this um, status seizure. Mm -hmm. And so when he's sleeping, you know, that's like when you're processing 
all of the day's events and where you, um, you know, you're recovering and all of that. And so he wasn't having any of that. His body was literally just spending at one point he had over 90% of his sleep was spent in this, mm -hmm. in this state. So that's where the regressions came. And with, with him, when he, when he's fatigued, his, his daytime seizures increase as well. So, um, <clears throat> it, it was really, it, I was devastated. Um, I was truly devastated and I would come home from, you know, we came home and they, they started all these, um, you know, they started different treatments for him. And, um, what, what really got me out of it was, uh, they had a local epilepsy run here mm -hmm. and, um, we had just fundraised for the chair. And, um, I showed up and I was really struggling at that point. I would go out on runs and I couldn't make it through runs because I would be so emotional that, you know, I break down and I'd cry and, um, you know, I'd start, I'd have panic attacks where I couldn't breathe. And so we went to this run and, um, it makes me emotional still now. And we got there and there was a wave of people in purple. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I love the, I love their race shirts. These race shirts are great. And it wasn't their race shirts. It was, um, my sister and a friend had collected a whole bunch of our community, our family and friends to come support us. And it was shirts for Jonah's journey. Oh. And it was like exactly what I needed. Cause at that point I had pulled myself away from everybody because in my head, it was like, nobody is understanding what we're experiencing right now, you know, like, and that's really, it's really hard to be around people, right? Sometimes when that happens, you can't, um, be around people, especially people that, you know, it's like, everything's so great. And, and you're, you're struggling and you want to keep it inside. And, um, and to see, to see that, that support in that community was transformative for me. It felt like, okay, Jonah's journey, like they created this and this is our purpose and this is his purpose. And honestly, from that point, we've, we've never looked back. It, it was, um, it was a really miraculous day for us. And we went out, we had a great time. We had a great race. Jonah was fantastic. And it really put everything that he was going through into perspective for me. And it was okay you have this and this is happening, but there's so much more that we can do with this. And it's not, you know, it's not this sentence that they say that it is. And it's not, you know, like, yes, we've, we've read the research and they've told us the outlook, but no, you know, we're not, we're not going to just say, this is, this is what his life is going to be. Like we want more for him. He wants more for himself. And we have all of these people supporting us in this you know? So, um, that, yeah, that's, that's really when Jonah's journey was, um, created and, um, it's been a blessing to us every single day since. So, and it's been five years, five years running strong and, uh, he loves running more today than he did five years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves it. And it has gotten us through some really sticky situations and some really painful situations. And it's just made life so, so good and so much better. So, yeah. It's really, um, 
so I didn't know about that part, um, mm -hmm. which makes this conversation that much more moving. And the connection I immediately had when I saw you on Instagram that much more moving because our journey was similar with, with running. I mean, you'd been running um, since you were younger. I never ran. I wasn't an athlete. I, um, I played uh, lacrosse and field hockey in high school, but really I sat on the bench. It was nice to be on the okay. team. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice of course. Experience. Yeah. Um, but I similarly, I, I'm, I just found Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation for Childhood Cancer um, and decided Isabel was in the middle of chemo, chemo. And in the middle of it, I decided, well, why don't we do this? Let's fundraise for this. Um, mm -hmm. Because her prognosis at the time was not as dire as other children with cancer. And mm -hmm. somehow I held on to that. Mm -hmm. um, as as that kernel of hope, that little little spot of positivity, um, mm -hmm. and turn that into Izzy's infantry, and yes. oh. we just mm -hmm. made a team yes. to run um, Alex's Lemonade Sand Foundation's 5K that November. Um, we made a team and we started fundraising, and I had no idea the power that that she had, similar to Jonah and you yeah. that. The power, the power their stories have, mm -hmm. and our ability to harness that into something good mm -hmm. makes makes it so much better. And there are those who won't be able to do that. So I mm -hmm. am more than happy to carry that torch for anyone. Yes, who, who can't find that within themselves. Um, yes, and the way. So I think back to the ALS ice bucket challenge mm -hmm. the thing a few years ago and yes. everybody started doing it and there was some criticism, like how is this even going to change things for people with ALS? Mm -hmm. And through that fundraising, they were able to make a breakthrough and mm -hmm. I hold on to that too. Right. Could it be this dollar that makes a breakthrough Right. for, you know, for Izzy or in your case for Jonah and mm -hmm. even if not for them, for someone else, because, yeah. um, Man, if we can make it so that nobody has to go through this, no parent has to go through this, then. Right. Yep. It'll be worth it then. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, every, sure. I was telling Marco this yesterday uh, when my knee was barking at me and I kept, just different things kind of keep falling apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've asked, I'm like, please, can I just take this instead of Izzy having it? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you just hold on to like these little, little kernels of hope um, you do. for a better future for them. And that hope or optimism, it kind of keeps you going. It does. It absolutely does. It, and there, it's crazy to me how optimistic Jonah is. And from what I've seen with Izzy too, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it, it's, it's not been easy for either of them yet. They're just these you know, little things filled with so much light, you know, and I just look at him and I'm like, oh, I just wish I could be half the person that he could, yeah. that he is, you know, I'm like, if I can be half the person that he is, I will be, I'll be pretty proud of myself. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I always say, you know, the universe gave me an A plus with Izzy. Like when, when you start a new semester at school and the professor's like, well, you know what, I'm going to give you an A plus right away. And so your job is to hold on to that A plus. Yeah. And it's almost like that much more of, um, 
it's that much more of an effort or that much more of a, oh my gosh, I just got given an A plus. I have to hold on to this. Yes. That's yeah. how I feel about Izzy. The universe yeah. gave me an A plus and yeah. I just have to, I have to maintain this A plus. Yeah. I'd love that. I know I, um, we've had so many people say to us, Oh, you know, God gave Jonah to, or, you know, you were chosen as John, as, as Jonah's parents for a reason. And, you know, God chose you guys for a reason. And I just, I I'm so uncomfortable by that because I'm like, it's not, that's not what happened. Jonah was given to us. Like he picked us, like we are so he, he's not the lucky one to have us. <laughs> We're the lucky ones to have him. Yes. It's, it's the opposite. You know, it's like, oh no, no. The, like we're the ones who got lucky. <laughs> like He's teaching us. He's blessed us. And we're just muddling our way through just yeah. trying to do the best that we can because of who he is. And, you know, so, and yeah, it's just, you yeah, like you said, you were given an A plus and you just do everything to hold on to that, right? You know, it's like, I'm not the A plus, you know, my husband's not the A plus, none of us are the A plus, they're the A pluses and we need to hold on to them, you know, and make and do do everything that we can to keep that for them. So, yeah. So, you know, running, you run with Jonah um, and he loves it. Yes. But I mean, on some level, is that also helping him through his recovery and through, you know, work through a lot of what he deals with? I think it does because I think him being outside in that capacity is so good for him. So we'll go on runs and he'll make comments. And I just feel like they're so, you know, so meaningful. And he'll say, mom, I just feel so at peace today. And I just feel so in harmony. And I'm, you know, it's like, that's so true. That's exactly how I feel too, Jonah. And I don't think that that's necessarily how he would always feel if he wasn't outside or he wasn't running or um, he didn't have that accomplishment because it, it, it is an accomplishment when he crosses the finish line. And, you know, he has that sense of purpose. And um, I, ha I set a goal and I attained this goal. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's, I think it's really um, an incredible feeling for him too, because he loves it. He loves it so much. Um, it's just, he's so excited about it all the time and it's incredible. And, um, I often say, because I, I get really frustrated, um, when people give me credit for what we do and it's like, oh, well you pushed him to whatever time. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Like I, I may have used my legs, but that boy carried us the whole way. Like it's his heart, his heart and his personality. They drive us forward. Like they keep me going. It's, it's just, it's surreal sometimes because there are times where I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like if we're out during a marathon or doing a hard workout and he's like telling me you're a champion mom, like you got this, keep going. You can dig deeper. And you do. And if he wasn't there, I would not, <laughs> I, I would stop. Like, you know, he, he keeps us going. He is the heart. He's the soul. He is what makes our team what it is. And, um, you know, so I, I love to see that sense of accomplishment and he gets so proud. He brings his race medals to school to show his classmates and, oh, it's so great. Oh my gosh. And they'll, oh, they've created signs for him. And it's just, it's just so great. And to be welcomed in a community like that, you know, and, and he needs that because it can be really challenging for him to feel accepted, especially with being in the wheelchair and seeing 
you know, and as he's gotten older, it's more apparent for him that he is, you know, differently, like his body is different than other people's. And there are times where he gets so frustrated because he doesn't want to be in a chair. You know, I, you know, it's, I don't want to be in this wheelchair and I want to be normal and I want to walk around like everybody else walks around. And I hate these seizures and these seizures are so stupid. And why do I have to do this? And then he pulls it back together and it's like, okay, well, I can, I can do this. Like I'm, you know, like I'm a superhero and, you know, things like that. And so running's provided him that, that outlet, that sense of community and, um, family, another, you know, another family and acceptance. And it's just been really, really fantastic for him, honestly. So, yeah. yeah I feel like every time they pull themselves out of a funk regarding their inabilities, um, mm-hmm. they come out stronger. Stronger. Izzy deals with, um, so she has a spinal cord tumor, so she deals with a lot of neurological pain, and it's it's a combination probably of the tumor and some neuropathy from chemotherapy, and there are days that it just like, it fires, so what she feels is basically um, a spasm that goes from the middle of her back, up her neck, and out to her, like down her arms to her hands, and she just basically like a giant spasm Charlie horse. Oh. and there are days that they fire in rapid succession and she'll cry. Oh. And then she just, okay, it's done. And he moves on. Moves on, great. Yep. Going back to all these challenges I'm facing with running and injury after injury. And it's just, I have to run that marathon. I have mm-hmm. to. Right. Have to. Yep. And I'm sure that's how you feel. You just, mm-hmm. I have to get out there and run. Yes. Yes, I do. I, there have been, um, you know, I have been running since I was 12 and, you know, as much as it has been a lifelong sport for me, there have been different times where I've just wanted to put my shoes up and just be done with it, you know? And, um, especially over the last couple of years, there've been different times. And I, I can 100% tell you if it were not for Jonah, I would not still be running. Like he is, he's that driving force and, and he keeps me going and, you know, it's, yeah, I just look at him and it's like, oh, okay, I'm having a bad day. Well, my bad days, you know, pale in comparison. So, you know, or I don't want to go out because it's snowy or cold. Well, he'd give anything to be able to go out and run just that one time, you know? So I can't take that for granted. I can't waste that, you know? I get it. I say I run for those who can't. Yes, that me too. I say the same. Yes. I'm yes. not going to take these working legs for granted. I run for those who can't. Yes. 100%. Yes. I, I have a friend um, who suffers chronic illness mm-hmm. and she can't go out and run. I mean, she's got a lot going on and I think of yeah. her often too. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. run for those who can't and I'm not yes. going to take my health and my functioning yep. body for granted. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So tell me more about the uh, the Hoyt uh, the team Hoyt chair. What, yeah. what is team Hoyt, and what does this chair look like? How much does it weigh? Because you're doing seven thirty <laughs> miles in this. Thing. So, so um, it is. We fundraised through. It's uh, um, called Ainsley's Angels, mm-hmm. and um, that it, it's all about inclusion and you know making sure that people have access to 
you know, getting out into the community and running and participating, um, you know, regardless of what their, um, you know, whatever, you know, whatever might be going on with them. And so we fundraised through Ainsley's Angels. I'd originally contacted Team Hoyt because um, the, um, you know, working Dick Hoyt, when I, when I first learned that Jonah was diagnosed with um, cerebral palsy, that I, I read a book by them and it really, um, you know, it made me feel like, okay, this is what his diagnosis is, but we're going to make it, you know, into what it is, right? So we can choose to be defeated by it, or we can find all the positives in it, and we can find a way to keep me moving forward. And so I knew, I just, it's so crazy to look back on that time, but I, I just in, intrinsically knew, like, this was going to be something that Joan and I were going to do together. I can't explain it. I, I just, I just knew it. And um, so then, um, yeah, so I reached out to Team Point and he, um, the, the guy who creates the chairs put me in contact with Ainsley's Angels. And so we fundraised through Ainsley's Angels. So the chair, it's basically what they call, it's a running wheelchair. So um, it's, very, very long compared to a, a, a jogging stroller or double jogger. Like it's a very long, um, and it's a lot heavier. <laughs> so, like, um, there's no way. So, you know, like when you run with a jogging stroller, like you can run one handed and you know, like you can use your other hand and, you know, kind of like mimic the running motion more. So with the team point chair, you're kind of, you're, you're using both of your hands leaning forward, pushing down into the chair, because you have to use a lot more energy to actually push the chair forward. Um, it does have great wheels. So the wheels, you know, move very well on its own, but to navigate turns or anything like that, like you're pushing down, pulling up, um, turning the chair. So it, it's a little bit, it, it's different. Um, it, it's, in my opinion, it's, a lot, lot harder than pushing a stroller. Yeah. Done both. And I, I wish he would fit into a stroller, but that's not, you know, we're well past that point. And, yeah. and we've navigated, we figured out how to make that the chair as fast as possible for us. You know, it's like a lot of, uh, you know, trial and error. And I, I think we've really got into a good groove as far as like learning how um, I need to be positioned where my arms need to be positioned because you're not getting any of that swinging motion. Yeah. Like your arms are on the chair. That's so yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's also, it's so much fun, you know, cause it, it's different. Like when I run with him and then I'll go run, you know, if I'm running by myself, there, there's just, um, you know, it, it's different. So it, it makes it, you know, it, it, I like it, but so um, the weight of the chair, I'm not really sure how much it weighs because um, I can't lift it by myself because it's too long, but I can get it into the um, back of uh, Andy's truck, the bed of his truck. So, and that's okay. Um, now, Jonah, Jonah weighs a little over a hundred pounds. So you're looking at him weighing a hundred pounds and then the chair. So um, yeah, but yeah. So then um, through Ainsley's Angel, like I said, we've run for them, but um really we haven't done much with them since because the um they're all about like running um like sometimes they'll have the the rider and then two um of the angels that push um you know that push the chair and they'll go back and forth between pushing the chair the other ones providing help or whatever so um we kind of stepped away from that a little bit because we just do it Jonah and I okay. and you know sometimes 
um, you know, sometimes for, it can just be all about like completion for them, like completing, you know, the event and having done it. And Joan and I, and Joan and I have taken a different approach and our approach is that we want to go out there and see how fast we can do it, you know, okay. and like how, how competitive can we be? Cause awesome. you know, like I'm a competitive person, he's a competitive person and it makes it, you know, I don't like, he'll be like, okay, mom, how fast was our run today? What pay, was that under seven today? Or was that seven thirty? You know, it just brings that little bit added, um, extra to it so yeah, it makes you guys more like a team like yes you're, like coaching each other and teaming yes. it's such super fun that's awesome yeah it's I I just it's so much fun and they'll be like did we get a PR today was was that a PR you know things like that so um with with that change in mentality we've kind of branched off and we're just kind of by ourselves, I guess, which they're still super supportive. It's just a different, you know, it's just a different mentality. So yeah, that's kind of where we're, where we're at now. Um, we just kind of, you know, find races that are willing to have us, um, that are, that are okay supporting us and also being okay that, you know, we might not want to start at the back because sometimes, you know, when you're pushing, you're required to start back behind everybody else, which when you're navigating a chair that's as long as Jonah's, mm -hmm. it's really, really hard to navigate around people, like so super hard. So we try and find um, races where the race directors are like, yes, it's fine if you start up front or closer to the front so that we're, we're not navigating around others because it's, it's way easier for people to navigate around us than it is the opposite, Absolutely. you know? And then on top, I mean, it also, some, just like any kind of running, you have a different pace than someone yes. else running with a, with a chair. Yes. And your pace is quite fast for someone running with a chair. I mean, my pace running by myself is about two minutes slower than your chair pace. So you would have to then figure out a way to get around. Yeah. Some That's really right. Yeah. So, so those are just some of like the logistics that we have to go through and, um, you know, and, and, so, and I, I believe there's like insurance, you know, things that, you know, I'm not sure if they need different insurance, insurance policy, however that works. But I know that we like other race directors have said, oh, okay, well just let us know because we'll need to make sure that we have the insurance, you know, for, for yeah. that, things like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> The last race I saw, I think, that you mm -hmm. did was a Philly half or Philly full marathon. So no, we actually ended up not doing Philly. Um, so we were training, we were training for Philly, um, but so unfortunately, I ended up spraining my ankle. It was like two weeks before the race, and it was this. I mean, it was a significant sprain, but it was one where I thought, okay, well, we'll we'll be able to work through it. But then I ended up getting sick, and as as that was happening, Jonah's seizures just, he'll go through different periods where they're really aggressive, really intense. Um, like he's having way more of them. And at that time, that's when I say, okay, is it worth it to travel? Because, you know, that's, that's fatiguing. It's a, it's an extra stressor for him and adding in those extra stressors only means he's going to have more. So, um, I ended up, I was like, we've got to, we've got to pull out. I just, you know, with, with, all of it going on. I was like, I just did not feel comfortable and I have to feel really, really comfortable to put him in that, that position to, you know, to put him out on a course like that. So we pulled out of that, but pulling out of Philly, which ended up being a blessing because Philly, we wanted for that race because we were raising money for epilepsy awareness. Mm -hmm. So we were members of, um, athletes versus epilepsy. So, which I, every race to me, 
we are raising epilepsy awareness. Like that, that's one of our goals. So we don't have to, it doesn't have to be for us um, an athlete versus epilepsy event to raise awareness or money. Like we want to do that every single time, but Philly happens in November. Mm -hmm. So in November is um, national epilepsy awareness month. Yeah. And, and Jonah's first um, really status seizure when we knew like this, he had, he's having seizures when he, he was two um, was in November as well. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, all these things were in my head. And so it was like, you know, Philly had, you know, asked if we would go and run and, so then we thought, okay, this would be a great place to go after the um, Guinness World Record here, you know, to go after the, the half marathon pushing wheelchair. But unfortunately, um, Philly wouldn't support us in that attempt. Since we didn't do the Philly half marathon, we weren't able to do that. Um, we were actually invited to do the um, Indy Mini half marathon in Indianapolis. Oh, fun. Um, and that was in the spring. And they were so amazing and just so kind and you know wanting us to come and to go after the attempt there that it just felt it felt really really good so we decided to do that instead so you know we are super super bummed we couldn't do philly because we still wanted to do philly because you know we were athletes versus epilepsy members and um philly's just a fantastic city you know yeah. so you know, and it's a great event, but, um, yeah, it was incredible to go to Indy. So it was just so much fun. And we were really fortunate because then we did, we went and we ran, um, a one twenty four fifty something. So we were like, I mean, it was just an unbelievable experience. So, um, it was definitely the silver lining. So we did that race. And then a couple months after that, um, we did wine glass and wine glass is actually the last race that we've done. Okay. So wine glass was in 2019, which is when Indy was as well. And so wine, the wine glass marathon is our favorite. It's just our absolute favorite. So it, it ends about 20 miles from our house. Oh. So it, yeah, it's like, a, um, so it starts in Bath and, um, and then it travels through down to Corning. So you're running the 26, you know, it's 26, you know, the 26.2 miles from one point and then ending at a different location. And, um, the race director, the race director, Sheila Sutton is just, she's absolutely incredible. I adore her. I love her. She's always so welcoming to Jonah and I, and she's just a really fantastic person. And she puts on amazing events, like amazing races, like they're small races, but you know, like they're a couple thousand people, but she treats them like you're going to like the New York city marathon or you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just so much fun. And so we did that one. And for, for that one, we, we again had some lofty goals and, um, it, it was so exciting because, um, Meb was one of the guest speakers. And so I got to meet him the day before, two days before the race. And he's one of Jonah's like all time favorite, favorite runners. And he was at the finish line and Jonah knew the whole race that he was going to meet him at the finish line and he would, tell, we, we would run past people and he would tell them, I'm going to meet Meb at the finish line. This is the best day of my life. I'm going to meet Meb at the finish line. And, um, Bart Yasso does the, um, the announcing and I love, like, we both love him so much. And so it, it's just, I, 
it's my favorite race. All my family can come. Our friends come and cheer us on the whole time because, you know, it's, it's a half an hour to an hour away. Yeah. So it's just, it's so much fun. So we went and we did wine glass and, um, and sure enough, Meb was at the finish line and gave Jonah his medal and it was, it was so cool. So, um, that it was, it was the hardest race Jonah and I have run together. Like I far, far and above. Um, it was uh, the, the wind because you're running in the same direction, pretty much the entire race. Okay. Yeah. And so the wind was in our face the whole time oh, for the whole race. And, um, we couldn't like, there were different points where it was like, okay, well let's try and jump behind this group of guys and see if we can draft off them. You, you can't draft. <laughs> you know, there's, Especially there's in a wheelchair, right? There's yeah, just too yeah. much. Yeah. There's too much. There's yeah. too much dis um, distance. Yeah. So instead it'd be like Joan and I and a group of people <laughs> behind us drafting off of us. <laughs> Which was kind of funny, but, um, but by mile 18, I had just uh, mentally, I was so depleted because I was letting like the wind make me almost angry, you yeah. know, like, why does it have to be windy? Why can't it stop being windy? Why can't we just get a break in this race today? And we had trained so hard and, um, I, I wanted to desperately break three. Like Joan and I had this goal of let's really shoot and try and break three. We had run three. I think our first one was maybe 310, then we ran 307, and so it was like, okay, we want to break three today, and our all of our training indicated that this was, you know, definitely a possibility, and we hit halfway, and I knew I, I knew I should have reevaluated from the onset, because in those conditions, it wasn't a sub three day, because yeah. of the in those conditions. So I should have, I should have realized that and recognized that from the beginning, but I can be a little stubborn sometimes. <laughs> it's a competitiveness. So yes. I'm yeah. like, this is the plan. We must stick to the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, by the time we hit 18, I, I yelled, my husband was on the course and I looked over at him and I was like, I'm done. I was like, I can't. And I mean, I was like, starting to cry. I was like, I can't keep going. I was like, I can't do this anymore, Andy. And Jonah says to me, oh my gosh, he was like, mom, you taught me never to give up. And you taught me not to be a quitter. He's like, you can't quit on us now. You can't give up on us now. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. I can't, which I never would have quit, but I'm not, that, that voice in my head was so, so, so strong. And I was like, no, Jonah, you're right. I can't give up. I can't quit. Okay. We got to keep going. And I was like, Jonah, I really need you. Like, I need you now more than ever. Like you have to carry us now. Like you have to keep us going. And for, I, I mean, eight miles is a long time to keep. Especially sure. after you've done 18. <laughs> after 18, right. And so he spent those last eight miles making sure we were still going. And I, at, at different points, I was like throwing up behind the chair and stuff. And he'd be like, mom, you got to do this. Like you got this, like pull it together. You can do this. You got this mom. Come on. You know, eight miles of just con where, you know, like the first 18, he'll cheer. He'll take a break. He'll cheer. He'll take a break. It was eight miles of straight. Come on, mom. You can't quit. Come on, mom. You got this. Come on, mom. You know, you taught me not to be a quitter. Like you're a champion and all the other things that he loves to say. And he got us through and we ended up running 305, which I was still so, so 
yeah, I was like so super happy. He was super happy and Meb was there and it was, you know, like one of those races where you finish and you're like, I, I kept going and I know I never would have kept going had he not been there, you know, had he, had he not been there, I would have stopped and he, he kept us going for, you know, 26.2 miles. He kept us going. And really for that last eight, it was him and it was just so cool. So that was our last race that we were able to do um, because then we were scheduled to do the Buffalo marathon in the spring of last year and with COVID it was yeah. canceled. So, um, but I mean, what a last marathon. What yeah. A memory. What a yeah. I mean, aside from meeting men and, but just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing, I've got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hug Jonah and I want to meet him because, yes. oh my gosh, what a, what an amazing person. Yeah. And that connection that you guys have, have built that bond. That's, that's forever. Yes. And these are the things that through, and I, I, I remind myself of this all the time, that these are the things, especially our kiddos, that through all the crud they go through, all the crap, mm -hmm. they remember this. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. And what a beautiful thing to remember. Oh, my. I, I love mm -hmm. that story. I love it. <laughs> I, I think it should be, like, told all over everywhere because what an inspiration. Yeah, he, 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 he is. He's incredible. He truly is remarkable and incredible. So, and he's so, it's so crazy to me when we run now too, because it's been five years in the team weight chair. He literally can feel changes in pace too. So he knows if I'm slowing down, he'll be like, mom, pick it up. <laughs> you know, like, mom, come on. Why are you slowing down? Or he'll be like, mom, or if my breathing changes, you know, I don't think you're breathing hard enough. I think you need to go faster. I think you can go faster. It's, it's truly so, it's so cool to know that, you know, he's, he's able to be aware of these things, um, you know, that you might not, not necessarily realize, you know, that this is something that he, he can do and engage in, you know, so it's really, it's really so, the whole thing is just so neat. I just love it so much. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> That's incredible. You know, it's such a, it might be a little bit like TMI, but I think about, you know, as moms and we carry our children mm -hmm. and they are a part of us. Yes. For, you know, however long they're, they're in there, they are mm -hmm. a part of us. Yeah. And sometimes I look at Izzy and I'm like, geez, like you, what I ate was nourishing you. And, and now you're like this, this person existing outside of here. And but this thing that you have with Jonah is kind of, um, he, he can tell how fast you're going. He can tell you're breathing. It, yeah. It's almost back to that connection that maybe we, we lose, but you yeah. and Jonah have managed to, to bring it back together in, in a different and really inspiring kind of way. It's absolutely beautiful. And I guess back to what you said, you know, everybody says that, you know, they're lucky to have us. And we're lucky to have them. And yeah. I, I am blown away. It is so incredible. And pushing a hundred, uh, more than a hundred pounds for twenty six point two miles at three in, for three hours and five minutes. That's amazing. And I mean, you as an athlete are amazing. Oh, I know. It's Jonah. I'm. I'm not kidding. It's Jonah. I, 
my one, um, my one friend that she's my training partner here. We talk about it all the time. Like, I can't even, <laughs> like, I don't even want to race <laughs> without, without Jonah. Like I have no desire, no motivation to do so. He, when, when you run for, and it's, I'm sure it's the same with you. When you have that purpose, then you, you can't just, you know, I it just, he's my purpose for running. So to go and, you know, think about doing anything by myself with running, it's so like, oh no, that doesn't even, that sounds so boring. That doesn't even sound fun. Like I couldn't even make myself try hard enough <laughs> because, you know, like he's my purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? So of course, of course. and you guys yeah. have become a team, which is so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. You guys are a team and, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't go play a basketball game without your teammates. You wouldn't go yes. play baseball and now you wouldn't yep. run your races without your teammate. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep. That's amazing. So what, you know, after all of this, what does he say to you after, you know, you've gotten the medals and all of that? What? <laughs> he says, what's our next one? <laughs> <laughs> Always. It's when's our next one? What's our next one? What are we doing next? <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah. Sometimes I have to be like, Joan, I just need some time to like recover and rest and process. And they're like, yeah, but that's great. But what's next? Yeah, <laughs> so that's right. Right. What's our next goal? That's yeah, what's next? What's next? Looking ahead. Yeah. So, let's, so we're hoping um, tentatively like Buffalo is set for May. Um, and you know, they have some backup plans in place. So that's what we're hoping to do this spring is to do the Buffalo marathon, which, and the, the, um, the race director for Buffalo too, he is amazing. Like he's amazing and so kind and like so accommodating. And I'm really, really hoping that, that, that marathon moves forward this uh, spring, because I, I think it'll be. I, I think it would be awesome. And, and um, a funny side note, when um, back, I was, I had trained individually for um, Buffalo 10 years ago <laughs> and um, was going to run, run the marathon. And then I found out during my training, because um, my husband and I were both going to run, um, I found out during my training that I was pregnant with Jonah. So Jonah's been out on the course before he was just I was just pregnant with him then so it, it I think it, and I went to school in Buffalo so I went to UB so I feel like it would be this nice you know nice return back to to you know running and yeah I just think it would be great so and he's kind of already run the course so we'll just run a different fashion this time so <laughs> it's funny because it goes back to the whole thing where you know that cycle of okay Jonah team Team Holly and Jonah, and now we're we're back at it. That's so yeah. cool. That's so yeah. Cool. Well, I really hope it's on. Me too. I, Me I, too. I really, really hope it's on. I mean, a lot of races are figuring out ways to make it happen now. Um, they are. They are. And that honestly, that's been really hard. And I felt so. I've really struggled for him this last year. Like we did. You know, we've done two time trials, but we've done those solo. Um, well with, with my friend that I trained with, she, she joined us for the one 5k that we did. And then the five mile, she came out and cheered in her car, which was incredible. She was like playing music and, you know, like awesome. just cheering us on, which was awesome, but he's missed it. He's really, 
really missed it. And it's been hard because it does provide him that sense of accomplishment and, um, you know, that goal to look forward to and to just have this kind of in the background of, okay, you know, when, when does this happen again? And, you know, how, what do we train for and what does this look like? And trying to make the best of, you know, what we can do of every run, just saying, okay, at least we're still able to be out here and we're still able to run. And it doesn't always have to be about a competition and it doesn't always have to be about, you know, like the the next race or whatever. But when you're 10, it's kind of hard to understand that. You know, like as adults, we, we can get that and we can appreciate it more. But when you're 10, you know, those, those are some of the things that you really struggle to understand because, you know, they want more immediacy, right. And they want things, you know, to happen now. And so, um, yeah, when I told him that Buffalo might be a go this spring, oh my gosh, he was like screaming and joy and enthusiasm and just so excited. And so we've, if something happens that it doesn't work out, we've got to find a backup plan (laughs) because his little heart will be broken. I also feel like they, the community, I mean, I love the running community. Yes. So I think, you know, um, I say this, uh, I noticed the other day that Jonah was featured on a, on a CMN thing and I, I, so he does a lot of CMN stuff too, uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. Um, Because our hospital down here in New Jersey, Children's Specialized, is a, is a CMN hospital. Yeah. And I always say this, it's not just what we're putting out by sharing their story. It's what they are getting back, knowing that people are cheering them on. Yes. Especially when they struggle so much with other things and maybe have a harder time finding their, their community. This gives them that confidence to say, hey, you know what? I'm dealing with this, but I've got this whole group. So I totally, I get it, Jonah. You, you, you have your people and you want to get back to your people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They bully you. You know, they, they keep you afloat and they keep you going. And yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your Etsy shop too, because oh. I think it's so cute. I love oh. what you do with your cousin, right? Yes. So we started that when we started that shop. Um, that was actually when I was diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency. So at that time I didn't have a diagnosis. That's when I was struggling and I wasn't able to run. And, um, you know, that's when I was seeing specialists and trying to get an answer of, Hey, what, what is going on with me? And, um, so not having that outlet of running, I, you know, I, I always need an outlet and I'm sure you can appreciate that when, you, when you're dealing with stressors, especially when they're with your kids, yeah. you, you need, you need an outlet. You need to find something that is good and positive and keeps, you know, keeps your head in the game and running was mine. And, um, so my cousin and I started our, cause she, she was a runner too. She's actually currently a race walker and she is phenomenal. Like she's phenomenal. Like she is so phenomenal. So, um, she was struggling and she was going, um, she ended up needing uh, spinal surgery because, um, she had ruptured a disc. So she wasn't able to, to run either. And we were both struggling and it was like, okay, well, we love to make things. We liked, you know, like being creative is something that really helps us feel good as well. So we're like, okay, well, let's just do this then, <laughs> you know, like yeah. let's just start our own little business and, um, you know, like figure out a way to bring some positivity 
um, you know, maybe not through a running right now, but through another avenue. And so that's, that's how that started. And um, I just, she's, she's like, one of my closest friends, like one of my dearest, one of the dearest people in my life. And, um, so the, the couple of years that we were able to really do it, you know, we would go to like craft shows and do our Etsy shop and stuff. And it was fun. And, um, unfortunately this last year though, I've had, I've stepped away. So she's been primarily running it and she's just kind of waiting for me to, to jump back in, um, which I'm hoping to be able to do later this spring. So, um, at home, right. It is. And she, so we both have four kids. It's just two of hers are older and out of the house. Okay. So, and, um, so she still has two kids, um, that she's also schooling. Um, I've got my four at home that I'm schooling and it's just, uh, yeah, it, it just is at the point, um, where I wasn't able to, um, put, put any time, put any time into it, like the time that I wanted to, the time that it needed. So, um, she, she's taken over the last year and she's been so great. And I just love everything she makes. I just, I just love it. I just think it's so cute and it's so positive and it's just so her and I just love it. And, um, yeah, she's kept it going so that I can jump back on board, um, hopefully in another month or two. So, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because I miss that. I miss that time. And plus we would get together. She would come to my house and that's our, like our workshop was my house, you know? Yeah. And with COVID, I haven't, you know, like she wasn't able to come to my house, yeah. you know? So, um, it, yeah, I've seen her in the last year. I've seen her twice. Oh my gosh. And that was, yeah. And it was like, um, you know, like uh, randomly I'm at the, at the doctor's office and she's at, and she's leaving the doctor's office, like so random. And so that's been, that's been really hard not to be able to see her because she was someone that, you know, she's someone that I would see, you know, at least three times a week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but she's, she's just going strong and continuing to um, make sure it's still running. And, you know, she'll even produce, like if somebody purchases something that I created, she'll like, she'll get it out there for them and ship it for them and do all of that. So she's just taking it all on and is, she's just amazing. So, and I can't wait to get back doing it with her. I really can't because <laughs> I just I love feel, it. <laughs> I feel like you finding that, I, I almost I feel like it's, it's um, more of that positivity and that turning lemons into lemonade that, mm-hmm. um, you know, running did. And now you found another way of doing that. And again, mm-hmm. it's nice when you realize that not everybody can do that. So I'm going to help them put that out there because all of this stuff is yeah. so positive. There is one that I saw the other day and I wish I could remember, um, <laughs> but it was recent. So I imagine it was, yeah. was probably your cousin about flowers. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. She was, loves flowers, loves yeah. them. Yeah. The was, I'm not going to be some flower for you to pick. I'm going to be a wild flower. Um, it's, but yeah. hard to find, but unforgettable when you do. Yeah. Like, yes, that's so awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like it's also like another way where you and I are similar because I knit and crochet. Do you? Oh, I'm so jealous that people of people that can. I can only do like the most simplistic blanket, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm holding up my my little pencil case. I I made this. Oh the, my gosh, that's adorable! The little pink pencil case. Um, I and I keep my light out, and I like to color code my notes, so I've got all my little notes in there. Um, oh my gosh, that do you have? You should have an Etsy shop. <laughs> I can't, I can't produce fast enough. I've thought about it. I really have, yeah. but I can't produce fast enough. Um, gotcha. 
Yeah. Especially, I mean, I only have the one. I have one Izzy, but she um, she requires a lot. I mean, you, you yeah. get it. And yeah, you, absolutely. You have to make sure um, she she can walk. Um, mm-hmm. So she does, you know, she can get to herself to the bathroom, but I'm constantly, and I don't know if it's trauma, I'm constantly afraid of her falling and really, really yeah. hurting herself. So yeah. I'm always there, always vigilant. Um, yeah. um, my mom asks me, how can you be so calm when she's doing this? I'm like, on the outside, <laughs> but on the inside, I'm about like, I've puked already like 20 times inside. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you can't let them see that because you don't want that to affect them or for them to be fearful or you want them to be as independent as possible. And, you know, so yeah, it's like, you just keep everything inside. (laughs) No, I am not scared. Everything is great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever want her to be afraid of moving because she's got to fall. She has to learn. You know, one of the things, one of the exercises we used to do when she was little is actually push her so that she would fall so that she can learn how to learn how to Mm-hmm. Yep. And it felt so cruel. <laughs> it was the worst. Um, but it's things that, that we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, like running, I run so that she can see me fall, mm-hmm. get injured, get hurt, and yep. get back up and, and do going. it all over again. Yeah. Absolutely. And keep going. Yep. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, I, thank you for letting me share. I would talk to you for hours. <laughs> yes, and I think we should. I think I we think should. We <laughs> um, and let's do this again. Let's, Absolutely. Once racing season comes on, comes back, yes. especially, why don't we, let's do this again and talk about the Sounds race. Sounds good to me. <laughs> oh, I'll be looking forward to it. As always, I would love to hear from you. Did you love this conversation? Is there something else you want to hear? Please uh, leave some feedback. Let me know if you've been enjoying Running on Optimism and uh, stay tuned for next week's episode.